Hello again. This is Jeremiah, Minister of Centennial ARP, and I must admit, I messed up the recording of our Wednesday night survey of the Bible for the book of Jonah. This is me remedying that mess up. Uh, we are going to do a quick walkthrough of the handout for the book of Jonah that I help uh, that I hope will help you as you move through this book in the future. Remember the purpose of these surveys, uh, these Wednesday night events, uh, the purpose is that we might not go through each and every verse of each and every book, thereby completing a true and honest survey of the Bible. Rather, the purpose of these lessons and these handouts and these studies is that we might move through each book looking to see how we might do so better in the future. Prayer is that after listening to this lesson, you might open up the book of Jonah uh, next time, maybe in a sermon series or a Bible study or your own private devotions, the mornings and, the, and in the evenings, and you might come with a bit more knowledge of how to maneuver some of the trickier concepts or uh, with just a general understanding of the flow and the primary topics and that that might be very helpful for you as an active reader of the Bible here, particularly for us in the book of Jonah for this lesson. Let's pray and then we'll dive right in. This won't have the same flair to it as the live Wednesday night lessons. It'll be probably a little quicker, a little more succinct, but I pray it will be just as beneficial. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that as we study the book of Jonah, as we look to see what it is that you have for us there, that we might be blessed in the reading now and in the reading later. God, be with us always, even as we see in Jonah, wherever we might flee, Lord, continue to reveal the good news of the gospel of Jesus to us and our time of rebellion in our time of misunderstanding. Lord, would you do it? In Jesus' name, amen. So, the book of Jonah. Uh, Jonah oftentimes gets a bad rap. Uh, it, Jonah is one of those books of the Bible, one of the stories of the Bible that uh, can sometimes, uh, uh, we can sometimes miss the point. Uh, we can uh, fall into the pit of moralism where we look to see exactly what we should or should not do and we stay so topical that we miss the depth of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that is to be found here in the prophet Jonah. Uh, Jonah, you look elsewhere in scripture is uh, found in 2 Kings chapter 14, verses 23 through 28. Uh, we see him associated with uh, the northern kingdom of Israel uh, and Jeroboam II prophesying to, uh, to those people there. We see him called in the first chapter of Jonah to the people of Nineveh. It's important for us to know just 
by brief way of context that the Ninevites at this time, uh, being under the control of the Assyrian Empire, uh, uh, or at least on the way there, uh, that these Ninevites were and were going to be uh, deep set enemies of God. And so when this call comes in the first chapter, uh, we see Jonah fleeing. It's not some petty flight, uh, not some mere uh, uh, rebellion of sloth or something like that, where Jonah's desire uh, to not fulfill God's call is uh, uh, because he just doesn't want to or something. It's, it's a deeper-seated issue for Jonah where he sees God calling him to a foreign people, to a people who are God's people's enemies, uh, to hear the message uh, of the grace and mercy of God. And uh, we see even in, uh, as we see this foreshadowed in chapter one, we see it clearly explained in chapter four, where Jonah himself uh, uh, said, Lord, I knew this from the beginning. I knew that you were going to do this, that you were going to reveal your grace and your mercy. Uh, that's in the first part of Jonah four. So uh, all that to say, and by way of context, this is where Jonah begins to flee. And I hope that you've taken the time to perhaps look over the handout. If not, pause this and do so because you'll see some of these things. Uh, this is where we find the story beginning. And it's important to note, as I was saying, that we, we can't and we shouldn't fall into the trap of moralism. That is, thinking that this story is about Jonah, that the main character is Jonah, because that's wrong. The main character is God. That's why our theme for the book of Jonah that I have written here on the handout is that God is in control, God is the author of salvation, and God saves those who are his. Now, this theme becomes quite prevalent in every chapter of the book. And if you notice the, the top uh, part, the remember section of the handout, uh, regardless of sin, Jonah is a prophet called by God to reveal the gospel. When we keep this in mind, the gospel is then revealed to the sailors in chapter one, to Jonah in chapter two, to Nineveh in chapter 3, and to Jonah again in chapter 4. If we can grasp this theme and remind ourselves of it, if we can remember that Jonah is indeed a prophet called by God to reveal the gospel, we can then march through Jonah in a much more profitable manner than just thinking to ourselves or hoping that, uh, that, that we could maybe not be Jonah. This is a, a pitfall. Uh, there are Sunday school lessons sometimes where we should embody, uh, uh, I should say, faulty Sunday school lessons sometimes that are uh, used where, you know, we should dare to be a Daniel, right? To pray as Daniel prayed, where we should embody the courage of David, where uh, we should stand in the face of any Goliaths that come our way. When in reality, those stories reveal something beyond just action. In fact, David himself says uh, that God is on his side, that this is God's battle, not his own. Uh, Daniel, uh, uh, the reason why he refused to not pray, why his, 
why he uh, kept on praying even in the face of persecution in the lion's den. Uh, the fact was that he sought to serve the Lord above human kings, that God was the ultimate king and that he indeed was serving the creator, the author, and the king of the universe. And so as we begin to realize the depth of these stories, Jonah falls in the same category. Oftentimes we can look at Jonah chapter 1 and it can skew us for the rest of the story, chapters 2, 3, and 4. We see Jonah and uh, oftentimes the point is made, uh, don't be a Jonah. God will always get his way anyways. And we miss the depth of what's happening because Jonah as a prophet is even revealing the gospel to the sailors. Uh, uh, I encourage you as you as you read through uh, uh, Jonah chapter 1 uh, to see just what happens with the transition of the sailors. They go from worshiping idols, from trying to save themselves, to worshiping the one true God, to making vows and sacrifices to Yahweh, the uh, personal God of Israel. The same thing happens for Jonah in chapter 2. Uh, as we see uh, God, remember our theme, God being in control. What, who appoints the fish in, at the end of chapter 1 into chapter 2? God himself. And so we see this fish appointed by God swallow Jonah whole, but not in judgment, in salvation. For what does Jonah say as he comes to a realization of just how good his God is? Salvation belongs to the Lord. God is in control. God is the author of salvation. And then what happens at the end of chapter 2? We see our theme, God saves those who are his. And so Jonah being redeemed, revealing Jesus Christ even, as we see Jesus himself quote this story, is spit out of the fish after three days and three nights to go about a ministry to those who don't believe. And so we see Jonah enter into the city of Nineveh where the gospel is revealed again. Repent, repent. And what happens? There is indeed a response. People hear Jonah uh, and they repent repent even to the highest seat, the seat of the king. And as they repent, God indeed relents of disaster. So the gospel again is revealed. God is in control. God is the author of salvation. God saves those who are his. Jonah is a prophet called by God to reveal this gospel, the reality that he is the one who is in control, that is God, that he is the one who is offering salvation, that he is the one who is saving those who are his. And that really is the summation of chapter four, where we see uh, the, the gospel being revealed again to Jonah in his sin. Uh, Jonah, in this, in this bit of irony, uh, uh, is bitter towards God for saving his people. And it's because Jonah has a narrowed view and still is not where he needs to be. So God teaches him. He appoints a plant and he appoints a worm. Remember, God is in control. So we see these things begin to play out. Jonah becomes a lesson. He has object lessons that are happening around him with the harsh wind, uh, with the shade, and then God speaking to him again. Why would you be so sad about a plant? Why would you be so sad about yourself when many around you have been saved by me? 
And it's this moment where as we begin to read the book of Jonah for the depth and for the reality of what's happening, that is eternal salvation of souls, that we, that we can step outside of the mere moralism. Indeed, it is wise to follow God's call. Indeed, it is wise and most natural uh, to obey God. However, this moment uh, uh, where we uh, realize we cannot do it on our own, where we truly cry out, uh, uh, throw me overboard and the sea will stop its raging, where we truly cry out, salvation belongs to the Lord, where we truly cry out, repent, repent, God indeed might relent and indeed doing so. Likewise, at the end, when we realize we are not even in control of our own comfort, that God appoints winds, that God appoints a shade, that God indeed appoints even certain tests. And when this happens, that we can be ready with a depth of understanding for the gospel and that as we seek God's glory in these things, indeed he might be revealed as a God who is in control as a God who is the author of salvation and as a God who is not only the author, but the finisher, the completer of salvation. God saves those who are his, even those who are far off, even those who are seemingly enemies of God. God saves those who are his. May the Lord bless as you read the book of Jonah. Uh, this, again, like I said, is a shortened and concise look through. I hope that you have read and continue to use this resource, the handout. Uh, but but it's, it's really a strong point. At the end of the day for the book of Jonah, if we can step out of uh, our natural inclination to judge Jonah, uh, to uh, to look at Jonah only, if we can step out of that and we can realize God's grand salvation plan playing out through a servant, a sinful servant in Jonah, but a servant nonetheless, if we can do that, there is much blessing and depths of grace and mercy to be found for the active reader, the follower of Jesus. Indeed, we see Jesus even revealed, even as we saw uh, 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 from Jesus's own words in the book, uh, uh, in the Gospels, the book of Matthew chapter 12. Uh, the belly of the fish and Jonah swallowing reveals Jesus quite particularly. However, Jesus indeed is revealed in chapter 1, 3, and 4 as well. What a Savior we have to see that he is in control that he is the author and the finisher of our salvation. Regardless of our own sins, God uh, will continue to get it done. Praise God for that. Amen.